This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello and welcome to Health and Living with me, Lim Su. And it is Friday and so it's our Doctor in the House series with consultant urologist Dr. George Lee in the studio as my co-host. How are you doing today, George? For the first time. Yes, for yeah, the first time. Love. I'm your co-host. That's right. Looking forward to it. Yes, and we have a very interesting discussion today, you know, because um, Malaysia's midterm review mm-hmm. of the 12 Malaysia plan um, was recently tabled and passed in Parliament. It had a specific focus on improving the well-being of the age population is one of the key strategies in empowering specific target groups. Mm-hmm. So one of it was looking at older adults. And so, you know, we thought in conjunction with International Day of Older Persons, which is actually happening on, sun- on Sunday, Sunday 1st right. October, um, we have joining us in the studio today, Professor Nathan Vaitilingam, advisor to the Malaysian Healthy Aging Society and consultant geriatrician, Professor Dr. Cheryl Bayakamurazaman, um, joining us to explore, you know, what we need to get right in terms That's of right. legislation, planning, policy, <laughs> and funding all of it in order to fulfil the rights of older adults. Thank you both so much for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Now, um, I'm going to start by looking at the theme, right, for this year's International Day of Older Persons. Um, It's quite a mouthful. It's fulfilling the promises of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights for Older Persons Across Generations. Prof. Cheryl, what do we mean by this? You know, what are the human rights of the older persons and the importance of recognising this specific group of people? Thank you for that question. I mean, human rights is a right for every single human on earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason why the elderly are given, um, the older person is given specificity in this is because age-based discrimination still occurs mm-hmm. and is rampant across all institutions, so whether systemic or structural barriers. These still exist, mm-hmm. whether in the workplace, um, standards of living, access to healthcare, access to funds and resources in order to age well and live well. Mm-hmm. So, they will until this is actually appropriately addressed at the appropriate platforms and within policy mm-hmm. and an aged, um, um, friendly policies uh, are being instituted within our country, this will still uh, indeed be uh, something that we should highlight and fight for because it is an, in, it's, it's an international policy as well. Mm. And um, Malaysia needs to keep up. Mm. Why do you think that's happening, all these age-related ris- discrimination? Well, you know, um, it's... I think it's not just within our region, it's international, it's mm-hmm. a global thing. Um, I think ageing, um, uh, it's high time that we brand, rebranded ageing. Yes. Yeah? It, it's been misconstrued in so many ways and when we bring up things like, oh, uh, ageing this, ageing that, and things, oh, it's only for old people. But ageing is actually, as we were just talking before, the, <laughs> it, it starts, Prof Nathan says, uh, at the start at conception <laughs> and it goes all the way right up to the cell deaths. So, you know, um, we should be talking about it. Age-friendly does not mean just for older people. Age friendly starts from every age, every ability, every opportunity. Mm. So, and that is a human right. Mm. So, when you actually build and base your infrastructure of whether healthcare, eco- economics, etc., based on these age friendly foundations and initiatives, then you can't go wrong in any country because then it's available for all. 
Mm-hmm. And that's a human right. Mm. I'm going to quickly jump in here and and you know, have a call out to our listeners if you want to share what your thoughts are on today's topic. How you know? Tell us how would you like to see health services and social support improved for older adults? You can call us at zero three double seven double three two nine hundred. You can WhatsApp our U mobile number at zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine or tweet us at BFM Radio. Prof Nathan, you wanted to add something. Yeah, I, if you look at the International Day of Older Persons, just now you're saying. Human uh, rights. Uh, it's actually a citizen's right, isn't it? Mm-hmm. If you start looking at it in, in that manner, it's a right. So, uh, when did this start? Actually, uh, International Day Older Persons under United Nations started in 1990. I think they they came up with this, and then 1991 is when the whole thing. So it's actually looking back. It's what over 30 years, mm-hmm. and the point is what has most countries dealt with. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2002, uh, the Madrid Plan came into being. And 2012, I think they revised it. And actually, I still remember attending that meeting in, in, in China, in, in Beijing. Um, and just to let you know, Malaysia is one of the signatories to it. Mm-hmm. So you look, if you're looking at the rights, you're looking at the rights of the elderly as a contribution, what they have done basically celebrating the contribution of the elderly mm-hmm. or the older persons have done to the society and the community. So um, in terms of them contributing, building up the nations and how they have developed it. So mm-hmm. it's actually a celebration in terms of that, but how many countries actually pay much attention to this? Yeah. Uh, you know, okay. that's very important. Well, this is a big question, right? Okay. Do I qualify as the, you know, to celebrate international or for older person? Because, you know, how do you define it? As, uh, I'm 54 and then... D- 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 George, you're aging. We all decided that we're all aging. aging. You, don't, you don't look so 54. Okay, right, okay, right. <laughs> yeah, the the theory is coming later. <laughs> but, you know, no, truthfully, it's like, you know, when do we start kind of like seeing older person being discriminated at what sort of, is there a cut off? And wh- how do we define older person? I think if you ask me, uh, I mean, WHO use cuts off point is 65 and above as older mm-hmm. person. I think Malaysia uses 60 as a cut off point. Yeah. I don't know why we are different. But now, I, if you look at it, some of the countries have all moved on to people live longer. Mm-hmm. So your, your lifespan. And if you look at demography in the African countries, obviously the lifespan is shorter in mm-hmm. some of the developing countries. Um, so your question comes back, George has. You know when mm-hmm. I think it 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 progresses age yeah. and we as we as Prof Sharul mentioned it's across the board. Mm. Prof Sharul, you mentioned systemic and structural um, issues earlier. Where do you still see this sort of age-based discrimination or violation of their rights in our society? Well, I think um, we could look in in terms of. Um, their voices within a lot of our policies. Mm. And if you look at the midterm reviews uh, for RM12 mm-hmm. that, that occurred recently, mm. they looked into quality and affordable housing, access to healthcare, transport, employment, public private partnerships with regards to healthcare, mm-hmm. um, integrated healthcare services, etc. All very good. And there was one mm-hmm. that looked on aging. So it was very heartened to sort of see that. Mm-hmm. Um, however, we need not stand alone within the ageing issues. Transportation mm-hmm. is very relevant to the ageing population. Mm-hmm. Employment is relevant mm-hmm. to the ageing population. Yeah. Ageing need not just be under the purview of one ministry where it looks into welfare and mm-hmm. vulnerability. And currently, that's the Ministry of Women, yeah. Family and Community And financial 
mm-hmm. Ministry of Finance, mm-hmm. that budget needs to come in in order to plan and anticipate mm-hmm. issues with regards to an aging nation. So, you know, um, um, IT, technology, innovations mm-hmm. need to be looked at uh, using an aging market lens. That's what the rest of the world is mm-hmm. doing. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you know, bringing in older, seasoned, experienced voices who have been our heads of industry yeah yeah and still currently uh, these are the ones that would actually give some um, anticipatory views and uh, deserve a voice Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. employability workplace yeah Uh, Um, uh, you know Shuan Posharo mentioned workplace three Mm -hmm. times and employability I have bone to pick basically (laughs) I think (laughs) one of the problems I'm not no I'm on your side don't worry I say you know I think one of the problems is that how the law defines when you reach that age that you have to, your employability become uh, in question, has to be renewed, and then your income uh, structure has to be reassessed, and then the whole thing about you, whether fit to carry on or not, is in question. Anyway, we are an academic uh, institution, and at that academic institution, uh, you know, when you reach that birthday... And then from that day onwards, you have to go or else you have your contract (laughs) review on yearly basis. And I think that is the bone I need to pick because that is when each country define it. If we don't have that law and then let the actual um, age people just carry on or whatever age they can, uh, you know, contribute, then there is no barrier. Do you think that might be... Now, if you look at the law, Mm -hmm. uh, there's no special law for the older persons. It's a common law, isn't mm-hmm. it? Maybe it's high time that I know, like some of the other countries that develop laws for older persons mm-hmm. you know, to start. Vietnam, uh, Singapore, India, some of these countries have come up with uh, acts and uh, laws. Would you like to elaborate a little bit about that? Okay, like if you look at, at Singapore, they have uh, laws, and I mean, I was just talking to Professor earlier that the law is saying that um, the children have to. Maintain family and parents. I mean the parents. Mm-hmm. Now, is that a good law? And if you, if you I've, I've actually did some background work and found there's only been one case reported. Mm-hmm. So you know, obviously, uh, so some of these things when you look at it, now when you look at employability, uh, if you ask the older persons, very often, especially in the U.S., the older persons they want to come back to academia, mm-hmm. but they're not expecting you to their last drawn salary, mm-hmm. but they would like to contribute. By being there, supervising mm. students for research, etc., and, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So you are. What are you doing? You're giving them a purpose in life, mm-hmm. so that I can get up in the morning. I know I'll come there. I've got mm-hmm. so. End of the day, employability is one. Mm-hmm. The other thing, contribution. The years of building up nation. Mm-hmm. I've got my experiences that I can give back to society, mm-hmm. and mm. these are some things that we really need to seriously think about it. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right, we'll go for a quick break now and continue this discussion when we come back on the show with me today are my co-host, Dr. George Lee, and joining us as guests for today, Professor Nathan Vaitalingam, advisor to the Malaysian Healthy Aging Society and consultant geriatrician, Professor Dr. Cheryl Bayakamaruzaman. We'll pick this conversation up after a few messages, so keep it here on Health & Living, BFM 89.9. 
Welcome back to Health and Living with me, Lim Su An, and my co-host, consultant urologist, Dr. George Lee. We are joined today by Professor Nathan uh, Vitalingam, advisor to the Malaysian Healthy Aging Society and consultant geriatrician, Professor Dr. Sharul Bayakamaruzaman. Um, we are, today's show is in conjunction with International Day of Older Persons, which is coming up on Sunday on the 1st of October. And we're really talking about what Malaysia needs to get right um, for the future, for the well-being of our older the population. I mean, we are, we have been told again and again, we're becoming an aged population. That's so right. there's a okay. lot that we have to prepare ourselves for. Um, I want to continue this discussion by bringing in the 12 Malaysia plan. Um, Prof, you, you spoke about it earlier as well. Um, the, the Malaysia plan did highlight that you know, the Trump Malaysia plan highlights that the well-being of older adults as one of the target groups if we want to be a healthy and productive nation. Um, if we zoom out and look at how our short, mid and long-term plans should prepare this country for its ageing population, right? I mean, Prof. Shara, what areas of ageing must be covered in this national plans? Because like you said, we don't want to just look at it through one lens, right? Yeah, I think, you know... Um Traditionally, we have only looked at it in one one area and looking at older people as being vulnerable, needing mm. of help, etc. Yes, there are that. But we must also look at the ageing population, not aged, ageing population mm. as being those who are young, old, those who are still contributing to society and the community and working. Mm-hmm. And then you have the old, old, and then, of course, the oldest of old. These layers and levels of age, ageing um, actually uh, have different needs and priorities. Mm-hmm. And and it's not just in healthcare, it's in the way in which you plan any infrastructure, housing, developments, universal designs and architecture, transportation, the access to, um, you know, paying your bills, going to the community, going to the gym, etc. All these need some kind of, you know, um, a, a viewpoint. Um, but my point is that... Um, it's not just one ministry, it's inter-ministerial. Mm-hmm. It needs to be a collective decision. And in WHO, and in, based on one of our consultations that, and, at, um, that we in Malaysian Healthy Aging Society have indulged in is um, with our uh, Penang State Government, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, they have now recently um, become a member and applying to become an age-friendly city to be a, a member of that network. Mm. And um, MHAS has played a role in uh, facilitating its application. And uh, there are eight domains that are concerned with ageing. Now, again, it's not about the ageing population per se. It's about everybody in that community yeah. and how they age well. And these are in eight domains mm-hmm. which relate to green spaces, outdoor spaces. Are they inclusive of everyone with every at every age ability mm-hmm. the housing and developments social participation employment transportation mm-hmm. yeah innovative technologies mm-hmm. employability all those uh, in, which in, in, within those eight domains actually consider um, various industries various private public health care it's not uh, lumped under an aging mm. bill it, it is uh, to actually demonstrate to any city, any country ho- hoping to become a member of that collective member of being age-friendly and, and, and part of that network, a blueprint mm. on how to age well and to promote healthy aging within your population mm-hmm. and to be prepared 
for the 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 aging tsunami. Mm. Speaking okay. of blueprint, um, Prof Nathan, you know, in the Prime Minister's speech in the midterm review, he also said that the government will be developing a national aging blueprint. I mean, what would you like to see as well in in something like that? I mean, I think if you look at the blueprint, one of the things that has come out there is he has actually mentioned about age friendly cities as well. Mm. You know, I mean, there uh, worldwide, I think at the moment there are about thirty three age friendly cities, and this is not something that is not not possible. It's possible to achieve it, mm-hmm. and I think a couple of uh, Countries are already starting looking at it, but I think one of the things is, um, you know, they've come up with Pusat um, activity centres, Pusat Mas, Wargamas. Mas. Now, you can have these centres, but you need to structure them to make sure that there is activities in the run constructively, promptly mm-hmm. for these people. And in order to come to that, you, you, they would need to look at manpower requirements. Mm-hmm. And the manpower requirements here, George, we're looking at it, is qualified professionals running the centres. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at it, we are really in, in, in a hot soup because I think Prof. Sharul's area, I will not, but if you look at the number of occupational therapists we have, the ratio you're looking at that we have in the country is only about 2,000. Mm-hmm. And the ratio that we are looking at it, staying in the population, we have got about one is to 18,000, mm-hmm. which is frightening. And mm-hmm. that is for the whole aspects of various mm-hmm. disabilities and everything. Now, if you break it down, uh, Australia is already one is 1,000. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at the population uh, demographic point of view, mm-hmm. and I think they need to realise that there's a big need for for more daycare centres rather than uh, thing training of of uh, carers, which need to be certification of carers. And I think this has been something in Malaysian Health Ageing Society has been long talking about it. There must be a, some form. Of, I'm not saying nursing homes need to be closed down, mm-hmm. but need to be. Uh, validated, monitored, record, and monitored. Mm-hmm. and the monitoring is what that is frightening most of us itself. Yeah. Prof. Sharo, I'm really, really interested in the listeners' viewpoint on this. I'm going to pick uh, pick up on what you said. You highlighted the aging tsunami. Right, okay. And then we hear Prof. Nathan keep talking about, look, we've been banging on about all these pillars uh, that we need to focus on. And the Prime Minister came out with blueprints. Don't you think it's a little bit all talk and no walk, you know? And this ageing tsunami, is it a little bit too little too late? Um, well, it, it, we're, we're riding that wave now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so we are. I we mean, need the surfboard. We need the true. tools. We need the funding. We need the resources. So things need to move very quickly Things now. need to move. And I must say, things are moving in mm-hmm. certain pockets of society. But is it enough? It's not enough. It's not enough. I mean, um, we, we've had um, quite a lot of resources put and pumped in and there have been some very su- good success stories of the Pawes, the Pusat Activity Warga Mas. But on the whole, they, I think we have policies, we have guidelines, we have the tools, we have cre- it's not that we haven't created it. Mm. We have had many, many stakeholders that have actually spoken up on this area, yeah. Malaysian Healthy Aging included. However, the implementation, the monitoring, take nursing homes. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it, where it was before culturally uh, a negative view on nursing homes, you know, you stick your parents into a nursing home. But there have been many levels of, um, okay. you know, care. Uh, and um, Prof. Nathan mentioned training, caregiver mm-hmm. training, etc. But the end user, the client, our mm-hmm. patrons, uh, our aging population, they are not 
exactly spot for choice because these things cost money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how do you know who to go to, where to go to? So there needs to be some direction. Mm-hmm. There needs to be policing, monitoring, active, on the ground uh, policing mm-hmm. of nursing homes, of care centres, of caregiver training, mm-hmm. of all these things. And, um, and and it's not just to do with the ageing. It's a lot of a lot of our services that we have. I totally agree. So, Pranathan, do you think it's a little a bit too late to kind of, you well, know, because it is a tsunami? I, I don't think anything is late. I think, no. I mean, to be fair to most countries, they always, when any countries develop, they look at public health as mm-hmm. the first first priority. And now with the aging population, I always, and I don't think we are late, but it's a matter of structuring. And I think one of the things that need, need to look at, I think, as I said, Prof. Charles mentioned, is an interministerial thing. Yes. You're looking at health. You're looking at welfare. You're looking at transportation. Now you're looking at lifelong learning. You're looking at uh, long-term care, finances. I mean... George, I'm sure you are aware that there's no coverage of long-term care in this country. Indeed. So, so, so what I'm trying to what I'm trying to get at is that how many um, programs have we done now, and how far have we gone with all the advice that you've given to the government? No, but if you look at it, I think there's more. Uh, it's always started with awareness, isn't mm-hmm. it? I mean, I think there's a loads of awareness coming out mm-hmm. in the media, of, and I think that is the first step that many people. Have. When you are into that situation. Then you realize my mom is getting has got Alzheimer's. Where do I go? What do I do next? Yeah. You're not going to think about it when you're 20 years old. Mm-hmm. But when you have faced with a situation, whether it is in an older person or anyone, any other health-related thing, but I think the most important thing uh, is we have been advocating is look after yourself and age healthily. Yeah. Mm. I think that is the main target. We have a, a question here from a listener, uh, Denise, saying that, you know, uh, they're asking about, I guess, caring for older people, especially their mental health. Is that something, Prof. Cheryl, that you think we've paid enough attention to the mental health of our older population? Great question. Um, thank you for that question. It, it certainly requires more airtime mm. uh, with regards to this because um, I think pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, this has actually highlighted how important it is and what are the tools that we need to actually Put mm. that to support. What are some of the mental health challenges that older adults specifically are facing that would be different compared to the rest of us? We were talking about this, Prof. Dadan, yesterday. Loneliness. Mm. Loneliness, yes. social mm. isolation, mm-hmm. pandemic heightened that awareness mm-hmm. of, you know, the you know, there are a lot of older people, older couples that have empty nest syndrome. Yes. Who have lost a spouse, who mm. are managing Just a consequence of us sending our kids yeah. abroad and us and not that, to come back. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and leads to depression. Mm-hmm. And those who are vulnerable, who have non-communicable disease, dementia, late mm-hmm. life. So anybody that's associated within their network or family mm-hmm. are going to be caregivers, are going to be contributing in mm-hmm. some way, uh, personally or you know financially, to their care. So... You know, mental health is 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 something to uh, take care of. Mm-hmm. Um, depression, uh, delirium, acute confusional yeah. states are common in older people and needs to have a better breadth of understanding because they're not going demented. They actually have an underlying pathology that needs to mm-hmm. be monitored and screened for. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, dementia. Mm. It goes back to what you mentioned earlier, Prof. Cheryl, about rebranding aging, right? We need to stop thinking about all of these things as part as and a parcel. Burden. Yeah, and as a burden a as negativity. well. Negativity. Yeah, but as something that everyone will go yeah. through and we need to basically embrace it yeah. and then embrace it gracefully. And yeah? it's important, an important pillar of healthy aging, having your mental health looked mm. after. And mm. that is dealing with the actually basics of happiness. What makes you 
happy as you age, mm. having family, having a friendly environment, having resources to actually live and having access. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are all very, very important. And that we mustn't underestimate as contributing to good mental health. I, yeah. think, I think mental health is one that's going to blow up very, mm. very fast. Mm. So and we had a tsunami, now we have a time bomb. Jump. <laughs> <laughs> a time bomb. And actually, when you look at it, uh, in UK now, uh, there's a prescription for loneliness. Uh-huh. As a doctor, you can prescribe a, a, a puppy or something like that. You prescribe <laughs> me to go to the centre for loneliness or a social network thing, and it's a pres- prescription now. Never before, it's just lately that came into being because yeah. they realise what happened because of, because of loneliness partly because of so, uh, social isolation, isn't mm-hmm. it? That's what most people do, yeah. and that creates uh, other health related. It goes into the cycle. You know what's good for mental health? Being and living in a neighbourhood that actually is inclusive. Yeah, like Having, Tamantun. Yeah. Like Tamantun. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I live here, mm-hmm. so I'm biased, obviously. <laughs> but I think there's a lot of room. I mean, we have the Pusat Activity Wagamas mm-hmm. uh, dotted around uh, across the country. Mm-hmm. It's been funded. It's been uh, monitored. And there are nice blueprints that, you know, our colleagues in My Aging in UPM that mm-hmm. have actually tried to, you know, um, provide more uh, input as to how it can be run. Yeah. But, you know, things can grow in organically with people in the community, young and old, that can actually drive, you know, um, com- community hubs to prosper. I mean, just uh, in two weeks' time, on the 15th of October, mm-hmm. uh, the um, Pusat Community TTDI will host a community health and wellness event, mm-hmm. uh, which actually draws in every person of any age mm-hmm. into the community. They will have, it's, it's, a, it's a day to celebrate yeah. um, the community. And hopefully, um, that will be where we'll be launching a health hub, which actually brings in people who will give health talks, who will give uh, you know examples of healthy living, and uh, young and old activities. So it's about our kampung. Mm-hmm. We talk about kampung. But that's what you're talking about here. I mean, kampung is what a generation ago Malaysia used to have. Yeah, that's right. I mean, obviously, somewhere along the line, we lost that. Can we not use? Tamantun as exemplary so that we will emulate that in different areas and wouldn't that be a way to solve the problem? That would be great. So come, everybody that's listening in, come on the 15th of October. Malaysian Healthy Aging Society is also participating Indeed. in providing health screens, yeah, yeah. mental health, yeah. strength training, etc. Yeah, rather than depending on you know all these um, uh, proposal we give to the government about how we do this. In fact, we could do this together. We could show the government. Exactly. We the people in the yeah. communities. How, but how can the government also introduce policies that can in turn support these sorts of community initiatives, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's where you can get resources yeah. being put in. How? What What sort of policies would you like to see from, um, the, go- yeah, from I mean, the government? I mean, if we were to do it uh, within communities, you've mm-hmm. got very strong residence associations here. We've got Majlis Perwakilan Penduduk here for, for this neighbourhood is by DBKL. So municipalities have been supporting mm. these uh, community for a long time, but it's actually the community that needs to know mm-hmm. what resources can yeah. be tapped, how to do so, um, create something within themselves. So it does take a lot of will, and whether it's political will or otherwise. I think the MPs of each area could promote that. And the as for policies, well. And the yeah. adults, definitely. And um, as for policies, I mean, we've got... Lots of policies coming up. And um, I'm excited about the uh, Senior Citizen Bill mm-hmm. that's going to be planned for next, next year. Uh, year. Mm-hmm. However, uh, we don't know what's in it. Mm. <laughs> we right. don't, it's, it's a mystery. Mm. I, I wish that, you know, every stakeholder, and I hope so, and I'm, and I'm sure they are, are being engaged mm-hmm. uh, to actually 
give a voice, mm-hmm. senior citizens especially, academics, researchers that have provided evidence to this uh, initiative, uh, NGOs, yeah. um, the people, and, and, and every industry that may um, also contribute to it should be party to such a bill. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, um, you know, the uh, National Aging Agenda as well, the blueprint, uh, etc. I mean, the, the health white paper that was announced mm-hmm. um, did say that uh, there was more funding mm. and resources going towards the community. And that right. funding really ought to channel the right places so that, like you described, the community that knows the community and how that funding is channeled for prevention and also yeah. mental health. Exactly. Prof Nathan was just mentioning uh, with regards to, um, you know, training and and as academics, you know, he's 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 opened up, um, you know, many portals to actually acknowledging that allied health professionals are very important. I mean, we we, I've been going on about the need for geriatricians, Mm -hmm. but how about nursing? How about physiotherapists, occupational therapists, dietitians? We need everybody trained. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's not just about doctors. Yeah, it is. It is a multi approach, isn't it? Mm. I mean, talking about it earlier, I was just thinking out loud, one of the things that the biggest challenge now is the intergenerational issues, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. taking place. And community centres, I mean, what y'all are doing in October the 15th is a very ideal situation for for having a intergenerational activities taking place. Mm-hmm. And interesting, some of the centres that are set up now these days in other parts of the world, um, not far from us, just our neighbours, they're setting up centres for the senior citizens next to children's child centres. Mm-hmm. So there is a combination of both, com- and uh, who else could be better than grandpa and grandma? And you're making okay. everything as accessible as, as possible. Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, looking back, the time when we used to have Rukunt and Danga, mm-hmm. that were actually in some centres, community hubs that mm-hmm. could have been... There were hubs, yeah. yeah they and, did exist. And they could have just... Revive that, making mm-hmm. it an elderly community centre, mm-hmm. so older person's community mm-hmm. centres, and get it more structured. That was the time when we used to talk to each other. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And civic was taught uh, in, in, in the classrooms. Children knew about respect, and there was Hari Datuk Nenek, which we are reviving again, which mm-hmm. is on the 6th, 7th October. Mm. Um, th- those things are really lie in the heart of the values of Malaysian mm-hmm. people. It's mm-hmm. there. It just needs to be reignited and channeled yeah. and resources paid to it. Mm, All right, we'll go for another quick break and then continue this discussion. When we come back on the show with me today is my co-host, consultant urologist Dr. George Lee and joining us are Professor Nathan Vaitilingam, advisor to the Malaysian Healthy Aging Society and consultant geriatrician Professor Dr. Sharo Bayakamaruzaman. We'll be right back after a quick break, so keep it here on Health and Living, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Health and Living with me, Lim Su An, and my co-host, Dr. George Lee. Joining us on the show today are Professor Nathan uh, Vitalingam, advisor to the Malaysian Healthy Aging Society, and Professor Dr. Sharo Bayakamarazaman, consultant geriatrician. We are talking about the well-being of our aging population, mm-hmm. the silver tsunami that we are already riding the wave of, um, and how we can overall introduce policies, um, programs that can, you know, help us support help us empower the older population also help um us who are aging right as we've been talking about today everyone starts aging when you're born um now we have a whatsapp message from a listener who was who's sharing their experience you know my dad um who's 85 years old had a fall three weeks ago um and we went to um kkm instead of private hospital you know they had a good experience
experience at um at, at, at the facility in Jinjiang. They had wheelchairs available. Um, no fees were paid. Uh, no fees needed to be paid because they are seat. Uh, they're seniors. And and this person is saying that you know for a lot of older people they don't have insurance and to go for private care would cost a lot of money. Um, and I want to use that to segue into social safety nets. Um, Prof Nathan, what are the gaps that you are seeing that you know leave our older adults unprotected, especially when it comes to things like accessing healthcare services? I think what you had mentioned earlier, all of us are aging. I think the first step is to really look at one, having an insurance policy these days for yourself. Mm -hmm. That's a safety net for you. Mm -hmm. And the the sad part is, as I mentioned earlier, is uh, after a certain age, you can't purchase a a policy. Uh, And if you have got a pre-existing illness, they don't allow you to purchase a policy. And the long-term care, I mean... For instance, if I'm going to get admitted into a particular hospital and I had a stroke and I'm being discharged, um, I've been well taken care of at the hospital, but my, I need long-term care. I may have urinary incontinence mm. and I need nursing support mm-hmm, system. Mm-hmm. Do I need to come back to a hospital? This is where we come back. We always mm-hmm. say that aging in place, mm-hmm. you know, you provide me that care at home outreach mm-hmm. and, and that will cut down the cost in the hospital mm-hmm. uh, crowding the hospitals everything because mm-hmm. they, they've done studies of that and shown mm-hmm. by providing care use your local GPS men mm-hmm. I mean I mean opposite open discharge one of the best group of people would be the mm-hmm. general practitioners doing mm-hmm. the visit now you're right the other thing is uh, you know the, in, in uh, g- most of the government hospitals it is it is it's packed. Uh, I was just talking to my colleagues this morning. They had a stroke patient. They're only able to see them once in two weeks, mm-hmm. wow. which to me it is very frightening because uh, it's insufficient. Acute, acute stroke. I would in, uh, during our time we were asked to see them on a daily basis, mm-hmm. if not three times a week a minimum. Mm-hmm. The, the geriatrician is going to tell us to look three times a week, mm-hmm. and you're looking at a six month grace period. So where do we go for this? So mm-hmm. the next step is what are the safety nets we have? Mm-hmm. Is it is you need to look at yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And one way is take care of your health <laughs> so that you age gracefully right. without any illness. I mean, you know now the NCDs are the biggest challenges. Of course. And of all course. this are preventable. Yeah. But we don't seem to take yeah. the advocating yeah. steps there. Prof. Shari, the listener's uh, last question said, dread to think of welfare of senior citizens for those who have no dependent income or insurance. I'm sure you come across yeah. this in your practice, like, you know, some elderly gentleman or elderly Little. lady had a fall in a house yeah, that he or she lived in and instantly ended up in your care and then when... Uh, physically reasonably fit for discharge, no dependent, no money. What do we do as a society? Do we have that safety net for Mm. them? How do we support them? Yeah, so what we do currently is we discharge them with inadequate services and support in the community because, Mm -hmm. and then the, the, the caregivers then scramble to look for home support, caregivers, a maid, you know, and and, and they, and they take time it. off work, etc. So if they can't afford it, they're they're losing time at work, and they um, perhaps you know um, uh, leaving the the person, the older person, more vulnerable to further disease and 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 disabilities. And I think how how we address that, and I think one of the things that the health white paper is about to address, and we hope uh, very comprehensively, is that when we channel. Um, money and support to public health, to primary care, we need to ensure that the resources are there, the manpower is there, mm-hmm. the training to create a community support network that you as an older person living within a community can tap into easily and, and get prescribed 
a home care, a home, uh, 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 some some services, mm-hmm. and you can actually be rehabbed within your own community. Mm-hmm. I think that's something for the future, and those are safety nets that need to be done. But Presumably. financially, yeah, but financially, no, we have not yet addressed problems of inadequate savings and lack of provisions uh, for to cover longevity shortfalls. Our EPF, PWAP, Quap. You know, um, you know how is the con- uh, how is the government contributing to mm. this uh, with regards to thinking about longevity? Because longevity is uh, starting to become a problem mm. economically, and 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 that uh, needs to be addressed. Mm. Training mm-hmm. is so so important, and I said you know we've been focusing on the doctor's dilemma, etc. But uh, there are scores of other multidisciplinary teams that um, uh, and, and and professionals that require some education and awareness training, and what better need for it is to actually educate them on healthy aging mm. and getting community hubs like the, the the ones here in TTDI to actually talk about it, go down and do um, these roadshows out yeah. in the community. It's a public health emergency. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Mm. So those are our safety nets. Education, awareness, future funding, future-proofing finances. Mm. And but looking currently to there's none of that. If, there are far, pockets of it. It will need to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. I think oh, moving forwards, and I think we really need to move forwards. And things need to move faster as well. Faster, absolutely. <laughs> mm. uh, we don't have much time left, and and I want to use this opportunity to also talk about budget twenty twenty four because mm-hmm. that's going to be tabled very soon. Um, I'm going to go around the table here, Prof. Uh, Prof. Nathan, I'll start with you, right? What would you like to see from this? This is essentially a short-term plan for our ageing society. What would you like to see in for our older population? One of the things I think it, it is, I think it has been out a couple of months, there's been people ask, sending me and asking for signatories, vaccination for older persons. Mm. Mm. And I think that is the most important because a lot of older persons, because of pneumonia and, and etc., it's high time that this is provided in the hospitals free of charge for the older persons. Yep. That that is one to look at, and obviously that I would love to see an interministerial being set up because to be fair, Ministry of Family and Community Development they have got enough uh, areas that they have to cover children, or, uh, women, looking, mm. women though, anything. So maybe it's uh, I'd like pulling the other government policy, I mean, uh, other countries that they have. It's time to look at the, all the domains, the different domains that uh, Prof. Cheryl mentioned earlier, looking at age-friendly city, and I think it's time that all the ministries get together mm-hmm. with a think tank. and think. But do not leave out the seniors when you're discussing this. Mm-hmm. It is not policy policymakers mm-hmm. are you and I, mm-hmm. but to know what they want. Not just making decisions for making them, for right? Them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Prof. Uh, Prof. Cheryl, what would you like to see from Budget 2024? I would like to see that the economic provisions for the older person is planned for better by way of the pensions and EPF savings. Mm. Um, uh, right now, um, it's getting less. Mm. So uh, to consider that and perhaps, you know, um, in planning forwards, um, yes, there are provisions for ageing, but it seems to be a bit myopic and that is just looking at one area of health. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as Prof. Nathan had said earlier, it needs to go beyond health, it needs mm-hmm. to go uh, towards um, um, the domains that promote independent living, promote healthy ageing, promote, um, you know, uh, and, and, and a right, uh, uh, their human right, mm-hmm. access, work, employability, mm-hmm. health, amongst other things. Mm. 
George, what okay. would you like to see? <laughs> okay. I, I, I want to deal with two problems. I mm-hmm. hope this money can channel into, first of all, <laughs> deal with the, the silver tsunami. Mm-hmm. I think the su- tsunami, as I mentioned, that I think sometimes it feels like it's a little too little too late. Let's use the example of this 85-year-old mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, individual who had mm-hmm. a fall. I really think that the healthcare system now had to scramble together whatever we can in order to at least protect uh, these individuals from getting worse. So that is the money that you need to basically fortify, consolidate healthcare, especially care for elderly, because, you know, I think there are way, way too few geriatricians in order to look for... Seamless care. Absolutely Mm. seamless care. The second prong of my uh, wish list is going to be, I love the term you use, the the young old. I am the young old. I think... So am I. Absolutely. So, well, you don't look the young old. The problem is not admitting to that. Not admitting to that, but it's okay. But, what, like you you said the time bomb. So we had the tsunami and we had the time bomb. In order to make sure the tsunami is not getting any worse, the time bomb needs to be suppressed. And the most important one word is prevention. And then the time bomb is basically brewing with all the non-communicable diseases. And this this is a time that to say, no matter how young old you are, it's never too late just to watch your health because like you said, you know, if you don't invest the time in it and the energy in it to prevent whatever you're going to get, you're going to suffer in your older age. Yeah. Mm. I mean, one ex- aspect of preparing for ageing is also what we can do um, now, right, to improve our health, um, no matter what age you are. And, you know, that's something that we are actually going to be discussing at mm-hmm. our Health and Living Live event um, that's happening on 14th October, just one day before okay. the event that Prof. Cheryl mentioned. Um, we'll be looking at what, I guess, young adults, the young old, yeah, old. Um, should be doing in terms <laughs> yes. of brain health, physical fitness and mm-hmm. your financial health as well mm-hmm. because you have um, you know health is wealth mm-hmm. you need you also need money to you know maintain um, your well-being into your older mm-hmm. years so you know come join us at the event you can go to bfm.my slash health event to register um, we'll have lots of things happening there so you know be sure to come join us and meet us yes. at the event well one last thing so I'm a bit worried now we Sharo mentioning that you know uh, Tamantun being the ideal and the utopia, everyone start moving to Tamantun, then you'll be really worried. No, 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 no. You, you're all invited to come visit. <laughs> and then start your own. And then start your own. And then use us as a blueprint. Okay, yeah. good idea. All right, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. I've been speaking to Professor Nathan Vaitalingam, advisor of the Malaysian Healthy Aging Society, and Professor Dr. Sharul Bayakamarzaman, consultant geriatrician, and of course, my co host, consultant urologist Dr. George Lee. I'm Lim Soen, and this has been Health and Living, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.